Support for WVIK comes from Kathleen Collins at the Dragonfly in Bettendorf. Using both conventional and alternative counseling methods for empowerment to help create change for individuals and couples. More information is at KathleenCollinsCounseling.com. Poetry Month guests on Scribble. Welcome to Scribble, 30 minutes of conversation, comments, and reviews on reading and writing, editing, publishing, and selling books. I'm Rebecca Wee. And I'm Don Wooten. Two distinguished poets visited Augustana College this month. We'll ask how that happened on Scribble. What's the deal with... uh, Inviting poets. Is that just something about Poetry Month? Um, no. It's, it's, it started, I'm guessing, about more than 10 years ago. And I was trying to remember just now whose idea it was. And I think it might have been Margie Rogel, who worked in the library and is a poet. And I remember meeting with her and with Tweet and I think with Kelly Daniels, um, in a coffee shop, and her idea was, why don't we see if we can get funding to bring one or two writers to campus every year, and what should we call it? And that was when we first started to talk about river readings. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is not that they should just be poets. We've ended up with a lot of poets because I I make use of connections, um, but Kelly Daniels, since he's been here teaching fiction. He's had some of his compatriots come, and what we've tried to do is something in the fall and something in the spring. And since April is National Poetry Month, often I'm sort of trying to get some poet to come in April. Oh, really? I'm so surprised. (laughs) (laughs) And and then, you know, the fiction writers, um, creative nonfiction, that tends to be in the fall. But when COVID came along, kind of threw us off the tracks. and um, That's, That is a refrain you hear a lot. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. COVID just screwed up everything. Yeah. Well, we ended up, the person we had um, in the pipeline to, to be here to read during Poetry Month was Paisley Rechtal, who is, I think she and Kelly have known each other for a while. They may have been in graduate school together. But she's been doing remarkable things with poetry. So when he floated her name out there, I thought, yes, 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 let's get her yeah. here. Poet Laureate of Utah, as mm-hmm. I recall. Yep. I didn't know Utah had Poet oh. Laureate. <laughs> and she's got, she had interesting stories to tell about that, too. But she... Um, she got waylaid because I think that we had had her scheduled for the spring of COVID, and so she did, wasn't traveling. So it went on the back burner for a little bit, but she did come last spring. And then we've just had um, Katie Ferris and Elia uh, Kaminsky here. Was that just last week? Um, just just recently to be our, our April poets. Well, you know, <clears throat> you know we had uh, Paisley on 
yep. last year, but we didn't have uh, this year's guests on. I think because Ilya presented a bit of a problem. He's been very close to de- fully deaf. He can't hear very well since he was a kid. Um, so, yeah, I think that was part of what we were discussing, whether he would be comfortable on the radio. Katie translates for him, and he reads lips really well. And he does wear hearing aids, so I think if there's not too much ambient noise, he can hear if he's looking straight at you. Um, but they also have been both juggling some hard stuff, so we didn't want to lay too much on them. They were visiting classes, having lunch with students, giving their reading together in the evening, and um, I don't know. You never want to wear them out, but they've both got some some big oh, yeah. things on their shoulders. So well, I just read in the Consumer's Reports something on hearing aids, oh, which, yeah. which I use, uh-huh. and their ratings, mine weren't even mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for you to upgrade. <laughs> Adam for a while. <laughs> but... Well. Uh, when they give the characteristics, you know, of what this works, there's one category, conversation in a crowded room. Oh. Everyone failed dismally on that. On that, yep. And that is the problem. Yeah, yep. When um, I go out to lunch or dinner, I would like to have it in a mortuary or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Where it's quiet and you can talk to people. Yep, it's, it's always a challenge. Actually, Ilya's... Circumstances and his condition remind me of another poet that I went to grad school with who had the same. He had been sick very young, lost his hearing, could sort of hear with hearing aids, but he too is a poet. And and it's interesting to hear um, what they hear and don't hear, you know, in their poems. Yeah, my audiologist told me your hearing overall has dropped down, but your comprehension of words has gone from 80 to 40 to 20 percent. Huh. And I thought, no wonder I can't understand people. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, my goodness. It fascinates yeah. me that there is that uh, combination. Yeah. I can pick up the sounds. I certainly can hear the voice. Yeah. I just miss occasional words. Yeah. And that's interesting to try to piece out what exactly... You know, did I get the verb in that one? Or yeah. Or I miss an adjective? Yeah. Well, and I've got a friend who's about my age who's saying that his hearing is going, and he said, I can't hear women's voices. You know, something about the the timbre or the, the register or whatever. He said, I'm, I have a really hard time hearing women talk, the students who are female, the, you know, that's... Well, you know, it's... Uh... I was a speech teacher for a while. I don't know why they let me do these things. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was always interested in different voices from the soprano to the bass oh, yeah. and all gradations in between. And there are some voices mm-hmm. that I have a lot of trouble understanding. Others are crystal clear. Yeah. And when someone starts speaking, I think, oh, oh, oh or good. <laughs> you know. And that doesn't have so much to do with how someone enunciates? Is it more about... Um, Quality of the voice, I think. A register of... But enunciation really works. Yeah. Uh, my audiologist is also deaf. Mm-hmm. And so she speaks with great clarity. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can understand her no matter what. 
Yeah. But uh, some people, people close to me, I sit there wondering what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my dad is one has now become. Um, he's in his eighties, and he hasn't been hearing very well for a while. But he won't admit it, and so oh, yeah. you know that that stereotype. I didn't expect. My dad's a pretty agreeable, open-minded <laughs> person, and I've just thought you're missing everything. You know, uh, you you might as well just open up and tell people. Yeah, uh, I can't hear you. Yeah, or I don't understand. Or yep. Uh, a lot of people take that as kind of an insult. <laughs> I guess, yeah. But that's just the way it is. Yep. You know, if you presume to live long, you have to put up with all kinds of things. Exactly. Uh, speaking of poetry, what did you think of uh, Ilya's presentation? Oh, so we weren't sure how they were going to do this, but they did just read one after the other. And I... He's fairly quiet when you're sitting in a room talking. Katie's a lot more talkative, and she's kind of translating things for him. But he read first, um, and I've never heard a reading like that. And and I mean that in a completely wonderful way. Um, he has a, a thick accent. He grew up in... Um, what is now Ukraine, but Russia, and he's got a very, very thick speaking accent. Anyway, so he had asked that we make photocopies or project on a screen the text of what he was going to read because he said, nobody will understand me, you know, and um, it was interesting to watch the audience kind of going from the page up to watching him because he was, he was performing. He was in all registers, he was whispering sometimes. He was so loud sometimes. The whole room was filled, and it was like a a song that you sort of didn't know what was coming next. And his poems are like that anyway, the subject matter. So it was it was really yeah, Those are not easy subject matters, oh, either one. No, not at all. That's the, the thing they've both been dealing with in the last— Two years is, um, you know, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which is where Ilya's from and still has friends and family there. And Katie was diagnosed um, very young with breast cancer, just discovered, I guess, a year and a half ago or something like that. So they're both writing about kinds of trauma, but their landscapes are different. You know, his is a place, hers is the body and but but you're right neither the subject matter is not easy um, yeah i read through some of Ilya's stuff and it is grim yeah it's really tough yeah it the is the one about galia armolinskaya uh is brutal and you read all through the whole thing and what she goes through yeah persecution and finally her death yeah, and she starts as the hero of the town. So, yeah, Elia's book is poems, but it's organized as a kind of like a play in two acts. So then you are reading these poems, but supposedly the speakers in the first act are the townspeople talking about this couple. And then the second act is the townspeople talking about Galia, you know, the, the character. Uh -huh. And... Yeah, she's kind of a 
a rabble rouser. She runs the puppet theater and and starts fighting against the invaders, I guess. And the town at first rallies around her because she's fearless and and then they don't because yeah because she's fearless yeah exactly. uh, it's it's interesting <clears throat> that I can't hear you you hear that all the way through yeah the townspeople refuse to hear yeah that's initially their their way of fighting these forces that have come in to to so-called help them in their village <laughs> and they decide that they're gonna all claim not to be able to hear and so and that starts as you read um because the puppet theater is going on and there's a little boy who can't hear a deaf boy who's in the front row watching the puppet show as the troops come in and the troops are asking the whole group to disperse um for their own safety and a little kid can't hear and they shoot him in front of everybody and he dies in the square so the town rises up and decides they're all going to not be able to hear when they are being told yeah, what they a, have to do. I can't think of that. There's there's a poem in here that ref, that mentions that. And uh, oh yeah, earlier on, right? It's yeah. um, we should give the titles of these. So Ilya Kaminsky's book that he was reading from is titled Deaf Republic. And um, my students asked when they were reading this, they said, does he look at this and think it's all a premonition of what happened in Ukraine? And I kind of said, well, for him, it's already happened. It's not, you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a new experience to but be. you know, it's a familiar thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the, we're coming in to help you. Yeah, 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 we're coming Here in we to right to wrongs, and yep. uh, that's what every totalitarian says. Exactly. That this is really good for you. Yeah. may hurt, but it's good for we're you. We're your friends. We're going to, you know, buy coffee in your coffee shops. And, um, yeah, so the, the sort of a silent resistance, <laughs> literally silent resistance of the town, is that they stop. I want to go back to the end of the Ilias thing, and read something here. The end of the whole book? Yeah. Okay. The, the trial. Oh, and yeah. And pursued by men of Asenka. Yes. Wearing a child like a broken arm, Galia sidles through Central Square. Of the buildings bombed on Tedna Street, only door frames are left standing, doors and puppets dangling from their handles, a puppet for every shot citizen. From the sidewalks, neighbors watch two women step in front of Galia. My sister was arrested because of your revolution, one spits in her face. Another takes her by the hair. I will open your skull and scramble your eggs. They grab Anushka, then drag Galia behind the bakery. The market fills with shopkeepers yawning and unpacking their wares. The stallkeepers sweep. <clears throat> Galia stumbles out from the alley, clutching first one neighbor, then another. She runs after the woman holding Anushka. They pull her away with their brooms. She shouts. They point to their ears. Gracefully, our people shut the windows. 
Yeah. And pursued by men of Asenka. We see her zigzag between us in the street. Her face slashed like a zipper stuck in her coat. My dear neighbors, she yells. My dear neighbors. Marvelous cretins, she yells at us like that. Dig a good hole. Lay me nostrils up and shovel in my mouth the decent black earth. And then anonymous. And as for Mama Galia's coffin, it got choked on the stairwell, and we had to carry it upside down. There were too many bodies and not enough people, too many ears, and no one attached to them. In this time, each person does something for our country. Some die, others give speeches. Too many people and not enough hands to wash Mama Galga's body and trim her fingernails, the last courtesy shown in our land. Today I have to screw on the expression of a person, though I am at most an animal, and the animal I am spirals from the funeral in the kitchen, shouts, I have come, God, I have come running to you. In snow-drifted streets, I stand like a flagpole, without a flag. Yeah. Our country has surrendered. Years later, some will say none of this happened. The shops were open. We were happy and went to see puppet shows in the park. And yet, on some nights, townspeople dim the lights and teach their children to sign. Our country is the stage where patrols march we sit on our hands. Don't be afraid, a child signs to a tree, a door. When patrols march, the avenue's empty. Air empties, but for the squeaks of strings and the tap-tap of wooden fists against the wall. Man. I know the imagery is amazing. And one of the remarkable things about the book is how certain images come back, the puppets, yeah. the um, sounds of explosions, the air, the birds lifting. You know, there are just certain images that run throughout and yeah. are really haunting. I like that. Too many, too many ears and no one, and attached, no one to attached to them. We still refuse to hear. It is amazing in difficult times. When there are difficult things to consider, people would rather not hear. Yeah, yeah. Just don't tell me that. I know. We I can't. would rather pretend. Yeah, pretend that it's all okay. And the thing about, yeah, this collection of poems is one of the things the students wanted to talk about after reading it was um, the phenomenon of how long can you stay? So the town all resisted as a, as a group, as a town that counted on each other when they were first invaded. Or, um, mm -hmm. But as time passes and as more people die and progress is not made, um, that's when some people wear out, you know, can't keep going, can't keep the faith, can't. The, the Anushka that you read about in one of those poems, that's the baby that's born in the first act of the play with a, a young couple who are madly in love. And she has a baby, and then she's hauled out and killed when the baby's three days old. 
and the father tries to, he's gone slightly mad from losing his wife, and then he is killed for resisting. So Mama Galia sneaks that baby out of out of the camp, you know, where it's been taken by the soldiers. Um, so she, as a 53-year-old woman, is raising this little newborn baby um, and doing everything she can to protect it, um, which is one of the questions also that the students asked at the end. They said, what happened to Anushka? You know, they once they <laughs> killed Mama Galia, there wasn't anyone <clears throat> left. And, yeah. and Ilya said, well, you know, those kids that are still signing in the village all these years later, you know, even though the town is pretending or forgetting, um, conveniently forgetting what had happened there and saying it never was that bad. There's still that little tapping of the puppets, you know, hanging on people's doors and the and the kids teaching sign language but sitting on their hands whenever the yeah. the military comes through. So I, I like that they sign as you would for deaf people. Yeah. But when the soldiers come, they, they sit, sit on, on their, their hands. hands. Exactly. So they're not going to talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many interesting things. Yeah. So many intricate things in that work. And. and Grim as it is, it begins with so much beauty with this couple that's so newly, you know, they're young and madly in love and she's pregnant. Um, but there are some really beautiful love poems at the beginning, you know, that, that and I'm, I'm so moved by the first and last poems in the book, which stand sort of outside of the book. They're, they're like bookends. Um, and the one that Ilya became really well known for when it came out around, I think, 2018 or 19, is We Lived Happily During the War. And maybe I'll read that one, and then it ends with something called um, In a Time of Peace. Okay. Does that seem good? Yeah. All right. So it opens with We Lived Happily During the War. And Ilya talked about these as these were sort of his... He's Ukrainian, and he's lived in America now a long time, so he considers himself both. Um, but he said this poem and the one at the end feel like his, I'm an American, and I'm accountable. Um, uh -huh. I have to take, I, I have to face that I'm part of this. So we lived happily during the war. And when they bombed other people's houses, we protested but not enough. We opposed them, but not enough. I was in my bed. Around my bed, America was falling. Invisible house by invisible house by invisible house. I took a chair outside and watched the sun. In the sixth month of a disastrous rain in the house of money, in the street of money, in the city of money, in the country of money, our great country of money, we, forgive us, lived happily during the war. Yeah. <laughs> and then the... Oh, yeah, in the time of peace. In the time of peace, at the end, says, Inhabitant of Earth for 40-something years, I once found myself in a peaceful country. I watched neighbors open their phones to watch a cop demanding a, ma a man's driver's license. When the man reaches for his wallet, the cop shoots. Into the car window, shoots. 
It is a peaceful country. We pocket our phones and go to the dentist, to pick up the kids from school, to buy shampoo and basil. Ours is a country in which a boy shot by police lies on the pavement for hours. We see in his open mouth the nakedness of the whole nation. We watch, watch others watch. The body of a boy lies on the pavement exactly like the body of a boy. It is a peaceful country. And it clips our citizens' bodies effortlessly the way the president's wife trims her toenails. All of us still have to do the hard work of dentist appointments, of remembering to make a summer salad, basil, tomatoes. It is a joy. Tomatoes. Add a little salt. This is a time of peace. I do not hear gunshots, but watch birds splash over the backyards of the suburbs. How bright is the sky as the avenue spins on its axis. How bright is the sky. Forgive me. How bright. Yeah. And that's how the whole thing ends. That, that is a reproach. Yep. It's, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> and... And the collection as a whole, you know, is sort of timeless. Any, you know, any war, any occupation, any um, time period, um, how do we handle that? How do we, how do we navigate it? And the students were talking about whether they thought they would have um, turned on Galia if they had been there, you know, and it was their sister that died because of what she organized, you know, would yeah. when it comes too close to home, then we start getting protective as long as it's happening somewhere else or to somebody else. Um, yeah, it is, uh, it is amazing. I've lived in this country <clears throat> for well over 90 years, <clears throat> and it is, I'm always surprised at how we like to sweep under the rug the ugly stuff. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't do that. Of course. But on the other hand, you can't let it overwhelm you. I know. So there's some kind of self-protection involved. Exactly. Yep. Well, that's one of the things that comes up in Katie's poems because she's dealing with the hospital. And it's her body and she needs information, but they can't afford to um, get it too invested emotionally in any of the patients because there's just a next one coming and a next one coming. And um, I often wonder how people handle that. Oh, being the the sort of body that is being examined or treated, or um, and you do become a case number. You know, yeah. no matter how careful or kind um, the people working for you or on your behalf are. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. The other thing about the two of them was that they were really funny as a couple. They were they made jokes, they played off of each other. They were you know, very the students noted that too. Just said, "I thought they were going to be so grim because the work is so hard." <laughs> and they were really nice and approachable mm-hmm. and funny and you kind of say, "Yeah, well, you know." Well, you know, I find <clears throat> that in the midst of the worst time, 
it's always good to laugh. It's true. It's absolutely true. One of the poems, I don't, how much time have we got? She's got We're a, out of time. Oh, we're out of time. Oh, shoot. <laughs> well, we'll have to do another one and read some of Katie's poems because. Yeah, we got to give Katie short shrift. Yeah, here. and she's got some wonderful stuff, too. So yeah, those, next, next time. Both of those books are really worth looking into. Yes, and Katie's, the title of hers is Standing in the Forest of Being Alive. Mm-hmm. And her name is Katie Ferris, F-A-R-R-I-S. Ilya Kaminsky, is it? Yeah, Ilya Kaminsky's is Deaf Republic, and Katie's is Standing in the Forest of Being yeah. Alive. D-E-A-F country. Republic. Republic. Yep. That's important. It is a republic. Yep. Well, those are two that were worth well worth having on campus, and I'm glad we at least got to talk about it. Yes, I am too. <laughs> well, that'll do it for now. Um, I'm Don Wooten with Rebecca Wee. Thank you very much for joining us. It's been fun on Scribble. Scribble.